With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A three and a half trillion dollar reconciliation bill? Well, that's grabbing some major headlines, but inflation... That's grabbing at your wallet. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. You know, Steve, this is something that we are all feeling on a daily basis. Inflation stayed high in in the U.S. in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, consumer prices rose 5.4% from a year ago. Here's the number that's interesting to me, a half a percent from June. A year ago, I can throw those numbers out the window. No one was doing anything a year ago. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that completely. And, you know, the headlines are all about, you know, all this political stuff going on in Washington. Let's talk about what hits your wallet and my wallet. I, I mean, yeah. that's that's inflation. That hits everybody equally. And and in the month of July, inflation was 5.4%. Keep in mind, the Federal Reserve kept saying, you know, just a year ago, hey, we want to target 2%. We're, we're just not able to get there, but we really want 2%. Well, they got there. They got there and then <laughs> Blue some. by. Well, and and then then they publish, uh, okay, nothing to see here, folks. Um, uh, let, let's cut out gas and, and food, um, and then it's only 4.3%. Well, I don't know about you, Amy, but I eat. I tend yes. to drive my car. You know, these are important. I know they're the more volatile the things aspects that they're cutting, of it. Yeah, right. The but things still, that they're cutting out are yeah. what we're all paying for. And it's really, truly where we're feeling the pinch right it now. Is. It you is. You know, you look at wage increases uh, year over year. I think we're up 4%, which is yep. huge. I mean, yep. I haven't seen numbers like that in a long time. That's great. But when you're paying 5.5% more for things uh, yeah. than you were a year ago, right, those increases in your paycheck, well, they don't mean much. Yeah, you, you know, I, I've done financial planning a long time and you know people look back at at the late 70s early 80s oh i wish i had that 12 percent cd i wish i you know had those high interest rates they forget about well yeah they were 12 percent cds because inflation was 14 percent and inflation is what kills a financial plan I, I mean to put it bluntly uh yeah if you're getting roughly the same paycheck and people on social security know exactly what i'm talking about if you're getting the same paycheck and, and a loaf of bread costs twice as much um, something's got to be cut somewhere, and that's where you really feel it. You just can't buy what you used to buy, and you can't live the way you used to live. Inflation is the way to go broke slowly. Yeah, it's a silent killer. I mean, when yeah. you look at financial plans, when you look at your bank account, oh, it scares and, and right me. now, we were just, uh, I was actually just talking to someone who opened a new restaurant recently, uh, and he was talking about the fact that, uh, you know, chicken, a, a big thing of chicken used to cost him 60 bucks. Now it's 120 bucks, right? Just to get chicken wow. into the restaurant. That's a big jump. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you have, you know, businesses that are paying double the prices for the ingredients they used to have at the same time, they're having to pay several bucks more an hour to try to get mm-hmm. people in the door mm-hmm. to serve you. At some point, that is going to get passed on to the rest of us. You you're can only kidding. take so much on a chin, and the chin, you're, you're, right? You're, you're, you're kidding. I mean, he's <laughs> not going to just say, "Okay, well, I guess I just don't make as much money for a while." Yeah, that's not the way yeah. it works. No, no, no. I, and, and you know, <laughs> I, honestly, there, there is some absorption of those costs for if it's a, a, an increase in cost for a really short time. 
yeah. you know, if this was just like, oh, okay, well, the truck was late and, you know, next next week it'll uh, be back down sure. to normal. A lot of businesses and restaurants in particular, they're going to eat costs for the short term so that there's no disruption to their customer base. But we're, we're seeing it across the board, not just in, in the cost of, of uh, ingredients for restaurants, but we're seeing it in every industry, whether it's a, a uh, bottleneck in computer chips or whatever the case is. Try ordering some furniture. You're, you're probably going to have to wait a month, month and a half to get what you want. Uh, you know, so there's still a lot of disruptions out there. And, and inflation is what I lose sleep over. It's not, you know, a lot of people ha- have the attitude of, um, well, I need to get a good return on my investment. What's my magic number so I can afford to retire? What I worry about is, well, we've been plugging in inflation at this rate, and it looks like it's double that. I hope this is as short-term as the Federal Reserve says it is, because if it's not, we're going to be in trouble, and not tomorrow, not next year, but in 10 years. And, yeah. and you know, hopefully we're going to live a lot longer than 10 years. So the inflation that's going on now is something we need to really pay attention to. You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC. As we talk about inflation, new numbers out, up a half a point, half a percentage uh, from what we were paying just last month. And Steve, you mentioned the Federal Reserve, right, in saying yeah. that, hey, this is transitory, this is temporary. Uh, but they're starting to kind of walk that back now. You notice uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I did, too. And listen, yeah. you couldn't give me enough money to uh, to carry this uh, Fed share name, right, uh, Powell, because there's a lot of pressure on this dude. And, and he's saying, you know, the effects have been larger than we expected. They may turn out to be more persistent than we expected. Yeah. Um, incoming data is consistent with the view that the, there are factors that's going to wane over time. So what he's essentially saying here is we, we think this will still be short term, but... The definition of short term is getting a little longer every day. Well, like my 80-year-old client said to me one time, Steve, your definition of long term may be different than mine. You, you know, and and, <laughs> and, and I was talking to somebody who's an executive in, in uh, local industry here and, and deal heavily in, in computer chips. And, yeah, this is a couple of months ago when everybody is saying the chip shortage ought to be done by this fall. And he was saying a couple of months ago, no, we're planning on this well into twenty. 23. Wow. You know, so let, let's, you know, let's, let's be, I, I give, I'll give Fed Chair Powell a little, little slack because, you know, he's data dependent. I don't think he's making up stories to make people no. feel good, but the data is changing. And the, these issues, they are, you know, they, they are lasting a little bit longer than expected. I'll tell you what the saving grace is, Amy, is that consumers are spending GDP is up. The U.S. economy is just chugging along and rebounding. Healthy. Oh, it's it's you know the, when the concern is inflation and not recession, I feel a little bit better as long as inflation isn't going to stick around long. I you know I guess I've made that point. But yeah, you know here here we are with the economy bouncing back. People are getting out. They're they're spending money, and that's a good healthy thing for the economy. My concern is that with these bottlenecks and the cost of goods increases uh, increasing and, and wages increasing quite a bit, I don't see wages going back down to where they were. I think they're here to stay on uh, with these increases, and, and that means that inflation may be longer than whatever the term transitory means. And I think there's a lot of us who are kind of saying, I see this. I see the writing on the wall. I'm buckling my seatbelt for this. In fact, 
There was a group of consumers that were polled by the New York Fed, and they were asked, okay, where do you expect uh, prices of certain things to go over the next year? Uh, and they said rent, they expect to increase close to 10%. Yeah. Uh, medical medical care costs uh, up 10% over the next year. Um, changes in gas prices, about 8%. So uh, I think we're looking at this from the standpoint of, you may say this is temporary, but we're at least expecting to be dealing with this well, over the next yeah, year. Yeah, and, and you've got to do that. I mean, you, you know, you, you don't want to make a, a radical change, 180 degrees on your approach to investing because something new just came along or some new number was, was just posted. But sure. um, you, you've, you've got to be smart and, and, and prepare. I, I've gotten a lot of questions lately about gold because when inflation mm. goes up, you know, in the old days, they taught you, well, you know, uh, consider putting 10 percent of your money in gold. Because if inflation uh, starts to heat up, uh, that's your inflation hedge. Not so much anymore. I, I mean, gold just took a pretty pretty good crash over the last couple of days and, and really hasn't done anything in, in a number of years. So, you know, I, I don't think that's an answer. I've never been a proponent of putting a lot of money in, in gold. You see a lot of commercials because they're trying to sell you gold. Yeah. You know, it's got nothing to do with is, is it a good investment. And they know if you're scared, right, and looking for something. They feed into fear. Yes. Yeah. That's, what, that's what gold often does. And so I think the question for for a lot of you might be, okay, if I have concerns about high inflation, what should I be doing, right? How should yeah. I change my – and we would say, first of all, don't change what you're doing, but you have to own the companies that are raising the prices right, right. now. You have to be invested in the stock market. Yeah, and I, I'm not a big, you know, just buy stock, put every diamond you've got in the stock and, and be aggressive. No, I but, – but, you know, ownership, which is investing in the largest U.S. companies and go international too for some diversification, but you're absolutely right. I, I mean, those are the – areas, U.S. Standard & Poor's 500, the, the 500 largest companies, is a good place to, to be able to make some money during an inflationary environment. Don't put all your money there. I mean, you know, go through the risk tolerance strategies and, and balance it off with some bonds and diversify and the usual good advice. But, you know, don't think I should pull my money out of stocks and put it in gold because inflation is up. No, you don't want to make radical changes like that. Stay diversified and don't give up on the U.S. because our economy is broad, it's diversified, and the best of the best that have proven them themselves over years will do fine in an inflationary environment. Yeah, and as you're worried about inflation, how it's impacting your wallet, well, what could cause more inflation? Well, dumping a lot more money into the economy, which is what Congress yeah. is looking at right now. Oh, Senate goodness. Democrats passed a $3.5 trillion budget framework. Uh, listen, these things can change so many times before yeah. or if they even become law. But there's a few parts of this that have kind of caught our attention, which are worth discussing. One of them, Medicare expansion. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's a system that's uh, going to run out of money in about five more years. Well, what the heck? Let's just add uh, a couple of hundred million more or maybe 10 or 20 million more people to the rolls, and, and that ought to fix it. Now, you know, and, I, right, and expand I, benefits at you the know, same I, time. I, I don't want to get political, and I love some of these ideas, but you do have to pare it down to – how does this affect my money and your money? And that's that's where we are. We're we're yeah. you know we're looking at what are the consequences of these things. And you know we're talking about a 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure bill and then a three and a half trillion dollar uh, green.
green infrastructure or human infrastructure bill. Um, here's the problem, and, and it's not as simple as, okay, um, a restaurant has to pay twice as much for chicken, so they have to raise the price of chicken. But when you get to this point of spending where we're already at an all-time high of our national debt as a percentage of gross domestic product, um, now the dollar starts becoming worth less. The more you spend of money that you don't have as a nation, the dollar has less value. So if it becomes worth less, just start saying that fast, and you get the drift of where it's heading. You know, so it, it, we've got to really watch that because it does cause inflation, not necessarily as immediately as mm-hmm. as when the price of chicken goes up, but it does cause inflation when you continually spend more and more money that you don't have. It, it, it's I, I worry about the trend. Something else that we're seeing in this budget reconciliation is um, no changes to the step-up basis, which is, Steve, I'm sure something you probably got a lot of questions about. This kind of floated out uh, over the past few months. President Biden talked about, uh, you know, changing this step-up basis rule. Now it looks like we may not see that. Yeah, I mean, this was a major change in estate planning that they were talking about. You know, if you inherited some Procter & Gamble stock or if you bought some Procter & Gamble stock uh, 30, 40 years ago and now it's worth a whole lot more, um, you could pass that along to your kids and not have to worry about paying the taxes. The, The proposal was, no, whatever it's worth at your date of death, yeah, your estate is going to have to pay the tax on that, and that's a massive that's a massive bill for a lot of people. So it's a major change in, in what they do, and I'm glad to see it's not in in the proposed bill. Here's the Simply Money point. Make sure your financial plan accounts for inflation and potential tax changes that could be coming in the future because Congress has certainly been spending. Can't listen to Simply Money every night? Well, you can subscribe to our weekly podcast. It's the best of Simply Money, all the best segments put together for you right on the iHeart app or wherever you find your podcasts. So are you looking to rent a car anytime soon? Well, there's a place you might be able to save. You may have never heard of it, but we're going to make sure you know exactly what we're talking about in three minutes. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. You know, remember when we told you about these SPACs and we said they were ripe for fraud? Well, they're considered blank check companies and one of them allegedly defrauded investors. We told you so. We're going to get into this ahead at 643. So if you're planning to get away for maybe Labor Day weekend, well, you can also plan on higher rental car prices. Unless maybe you've heard of something that Steve uses. Yeah, and and this is something I heard about from my uh, sister down in Houston. She's been using it, it for years, even before car rental prices went went kablooey. It's it's called Turo, T U R O dot com, and it's basically an Airbnb for cars. So I, I'll give you a great example, Amy. I, I plan on going to Florida, do my usual uh, trip for you know getting out my baseball uh, issues and and planning. Oh yeah, yeah, playing. The big old, trip. Old guy hardball, old guy baseball in Fort Myers. I, I do it every year, first week um, of uh, November. And I, I checked into car rental prices for a two-week period uh, in southwest Florida. And my my wife was telling me they're like twelve, fourteen hundred dollars for two weeks for just a little econo box. So I went yeah. onto the website uh, Turo dot com and and um, uh, I, I was shocked. I, an Audi A six, beautiful, be- good looking car for seven hundred and forty bucks for for the same two weeks. 
So explain yeah, this. This is essentially like Airbnb. Like you yeah. can rent my car yep. from me yep. uh, for a couple of weeks. We set the rate. And what we're seeing with Turo is that it's substantially cheaper than if you actually rented the car from a rental company. It, it, it can be. I mean, you can go all over the place. You can get a Jeep Wrangler that uh, somebody wants to lend you. It's literally their personal car. And then, you know, in some cases, they'll even meet you at the airport and give you the keys. Wow. You know, so, yeah, it, it, it's really an interesting concept. And, and um, some are new cars, some are old beaters that you get for 30 bucks a day, whatever you want. You just go through, scroll through and see see what you like. And and then you contact and, and you know, settle on uh, the details of, of the transaction. But, you know, the, the, the neat part is you don't have to just depend on the counter at the airport to get your car. And, and you know, what they've gone through over the past year or so, in the beginning of the lockdown, all of these car rental agencies, they sold off all their cars. They didn't need yes. them. There was no demand. And I guess they thought the pandemic was going to last 10 years or something like Somewhat that. Some short-term and, thinking on their yeah, part, right? Y- you think? <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. You know, so now they're they're caught short. And if you start, you know, shopping for cars uh, from a, one of the, you know, basic car rental agencies, the prices are shocking. So we've got an alternative. This is what I like about capitalism. When there's a vacuum, when there's a, a segment that's charging more than normal, uh, there's always somebody willing to step in, and you can even rent your own car out. You go through the website, and they've got all the arrangements and the insurance that you can sign up for and all that sort of thing. Interesting concept, and I think it's here to stay. Yeah. Check it out. Turo. All right, so every week we dip into the Allworth mailbag. This is where we answer the questions you send us at asksimplymoney at allworthfinancial.com. First question coming to us from Derek in Bridgetown. I just started another job, and I can save in either a Roth 401k or a traditional 401k. Which flavor, which one should yeah. I choose? By the way, I wish Derek told me how old he was because the younger you are, the more valuable a Roth IRA is. But let's talk about the difference. First of all, in a traditional 401k, this is pre-tax money. I mean, this is money that, yeah, you earned on your job. Um, but if you put it right in the traditional 401k, you don't get taxed on that money. So you haven't paid tax on the money when you earned it. You put it in the 401k. It grows tax deferred. And someday when you retire, you take that money out. Oh, okay, then you pay tax on what you take out. That's what everybody's been doing for years. There are now Roth 401ks in more and more companies that are being offered, which is where, okay, uh, you earn that money. You do pay tax on it when you earn it. And then you put it, it goes into the Roth 401k, and it grows tax free if it's been established more than five years and you wait till 59 and a half to take it out. So, okay, this grows tax free. Does that make a difference? Yeah, because if you've got a few hundred thousand dollars sitting in a Roth 401k when you're retired, tax free is pretty darn important. You take out 30 grand, 40 grand for a new car out of a traditional 401k, you pay tax on that just like you made it. If you take it out of a Roth 401k, oh, it's free. Thank you. Let me go buy my car. It's I a think pretty you have to deal. ask yourself, right? Where do you think taxes are going to be? Do you yeah. find? Do you think you'll be in a, a higher tax bracket in the future or lower? Lower than maybe traditional makes sense here. Um, but if it's if the answer to that question for you is ever higher, then this Roth four hundred one k probably well, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's not just will taxes be higher, but you know when you're retired, what's your income going to look like that you're taxed on? Your adjusted gross is going to be a heck of a lot lower in retirement than in your last couple of years of working. So um, even if if you think taxes are going to stay relatively the same, if you're young and you've got 20, 30 years for this money to grow, um, I still really prefer a Roth 401k. It's like the old Fram oil filter. Do you pay me now or do you pay me later? If you pay a little bit in tax now, a Roth 401k is going to pay off in spades down the road. 
Next question from Paula in Cincinnati. She sold off some tech stocks worth about $50,000 since the value rose. She wants to know how should she invest the money. She'd like to buy stocks again. And she says, at the next market crash. I wonder if Paula has a crystal ball. <laughs> well, if she does, <laughs> she, she needs to be in my business, you know. But, no, it, it, it's good that she, she got out because tech stocks are just very volatile. You know, they, they go way up. And then when they crash, boy, do they crash. And and it sounds like she made some pretty good money. She got out, and she wants to get back in. I, You know, she doesn't have a mortgage. She's married. Um, she's already got uh, seven hundred grand in, in qualified accounts and between 401Ks and IRAs. She sounds like she's in, in pretty good shape. So I, I would say, hey, maybe consider investing in a diversified portfolio of stocks and bonds. I mean, the, the usual, you know. Um, and dollar and cost to, averaging. Yeah, don't That's, try to think, time it. Yeah, yeah don't try you. to wait for yeah. the next market crash. Just keep putting in the same amount on the same date every month over the next several months, year, whatever that looks like. You're going to get up days. You're going to get down days. But you'll get that money into the market. Your Cincinnati real estate market update, that's ahead at 634. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. The real estate market, is it as hot as it has been or is it starting to cool down? Joining us tonight with her perspective on that, Michelle Sloan. Of course, she's a real estate expert, broker-dealer for REMAX Time. And you can catch her every Sunday at 4 o'clock on 55KRC, her show, uh, Sloan Sells Home. So, Michelle, uh, man, we were going gangbusters here earlier this summer. Are we still? It has been a record-breaking year in so many ways. We continue to see really low interest rates, like below 3%, which is ridiculous. Um, We are continuing to see very little inventory, although I have noticed in the last couple of weeks, we have seen more and more people say, oh, maybe I should sell my home. Now, that may be kind of the too little too late kind of scenario Mm -hmm. because a lot of the new people that are coming on the market saying oh I want to sell my house for the most that I possibly can um, they have unrealistic expectations and at this point in life I will say that most buyers who have been out there looking if they have written more than two or three contracts that's not uncommon they still don't have a home to say that is their own yet 
and there's a ton of buyer fatigue out there. So there, a lot of buyers are like, you know what, I need to get out of this rat race, literally, and just take a break and go ahead and rent for a year and see if things calm down a little bit. So I had an interesting experience, you know, I'm building a house and so wasn't ready to necessarily put my house in the market, but I thought, well, I'll just put it on Zillow, right? And see if there's anything. And I'm not someone who checks Zillow regularly, but apparently there are a lot of people who are. So my phone oh, started absolutely. blowing. Yeah. So my phone started blowing up. Um, you know, mm -hmm. realtors who were looking for clients wanted to come through, um, got two offers on the house within a short amount of time. One of them was a pretty low ball offer and the realtor mm -hmm. said, Hey, you know, just so you know, heads up, things are starting to slow down. Uh, and we mm -hmm. really did actually consider the offer, but then a day later got one for almost full asking price. So mm -hmm. I, I wonder if it's to your point, if, if people are just fatigued and, you know, not, or, or what it is, but it seems like everyone isn't exactly on the same page with where the market is. No, absolutely. And if you're working with Zillow, there's a lot of people who do know what they're doing and don't know what they're doing. So sure. there's a lot of people out there that really don't have real expectations. So there's buyers out there that don't have real expectations and they say, well, if you're just listing on Zillow and you're not listing with a real estate agent, maybe you're not serious and maybe we'll just throw an offer at you and you don't know any better. You can go, you will maybe accept it. Mm, like you said, you point. were kind of considering it. Yeah. But at the same time, that's where having a real estate agent on your side is really important so that you know that you are getting the represent representation. You are getting the highest price possible and the most people are going to find you. There is that little niche of buyers and sellers who are currently on Zillow. It's a huge platform, there's no doubt about it. That's not something that we can dismiss out of hand. Yeah. But at the same time, it is something that you have to take as just part of the whole equation. And so that's where I always tell my clients or people that I talk to is just be real cautious when you do that because it may not always be in your best interest. And Michelle, a question about Zillow really fast because I've had friends, uh, you know, out to dinner and things like that say, hey, have you checked what your home is worth on Zillow? I mean, and if you look at it, even <laughs> you look at it once and you check it two weeks later and two weeks after that, in some cases it's up $10,000 over the course of a month. Should people put any stock in that? Is that real right now? I know it's based on algorithms, but I wonder it is. if it's, that's maybe feeding um, some of these people's real unrealistic expectations it, it is definitely contributing to the fact that some people just have no clue and yeah. you know so i would definitely take the zillow's estimate with a grain of salt it has to be in conjunction with everything else about your home because that zillow's estimate doesn't necessarily know all of the particulars of what you've done inside that home they're just taking the average prices of the homes around you they may be taking average prices of you know if you're very close to another school district for example in my area you could be either in loveland kings or little miami school district mm -hmm. all within like a mile of one another and all of those different school districts usually will impact the value in one way or another. So it is important for people to understand that the true algorithm of a Zillow or something like that is not always accurate. And yes, is the market increasing? 100%. So if you're seeing an increase of, you know, five or 6% over the course of six months, that's happening. That's real. So, you know, it is a market indicator, but you can't, 
you can't just put all of your stock in that. You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC. As we check in, the state of the real estate market here in the tri-state with our real estate expert, Michelle Sloan. You know, who I feel sorry for in all of this, Michelle, is when you hear about <laughs> multiple bids, you know, bidding up the, pr- yes. the price of these houses for people who have recently gotten married, who are looking to, you know, buy their first house. My goodness, good luck getting into this market. It is difficult. That's why we're seeing so much fatigue. You know, people who have been looking for over a year, they still don't have anything to show for it. They have a lot of heartache to show for it. Mm -hmm. So that's really, really difficult. If you have to get, you know, a certain kind of loan, maybe it's an FHA loan with only 3% down, um, you are being overlooked for the buyers that are considered to be much stronger, whether they're cash buyers or they're buyers with 20% down doing a conventional mortgage, you know, there is a difference in the mind of sellers as to if they, especially if there's a multiple offer situation, the, um, the buyers with the lowest amount of a down payment, um, are often, like I said, they're often overlooked because they're kind of pushed out of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, they're thought of as not being as strong of a buyer where here's the thing. I actually, this is, this is a real life story. I had multiple offers on a listing that I listed a week or so ago. And you know, one of the buyers, they said, well, my buyer is only going to put 3% down. But she has much more to put down. She has, here's here's proof. And this agent and I, we actually spoke to one another. We didn't just text. We didn't mm-hmm. email, which is great. So we talked to one another, and she told me the situation of her buyer. You know, the interest rates are so low. She doesn't want to use all her cash, and she doesn't have to in order yeah. to get this loan. So with that explanation, and side by side by side with four other offers. So we had five offers on that one property. We did end up going with this buyer whose agent and I spoke to one another and she was only going to do 3% down. I said, if you wouldn't have called me, we would have overlooked your offer. And so you may be stronger, but if you're agent is not advocating for you again that's really important part of the process is you know having someone strong to work for you the other thing is there's so many first-time home buyers that are getting help from parents or grandparents they're getting um, money for down payments they're getting gifts Uh, 43 percent of people under the age of 35 have received help from parents or grandparents when purchasing a home 43%. That's huge. And I guess that's really the only way that you can probably get into the market at this point if you don't have a super hefty paycheck, which, you know, to the people who don't have that kind of help, they're left out in the cold. And in prices of rent, rent prices in the tri-state have gone up recently. You know, I've talked to a number of people, Michelle, who've said, well, I'm just going to throw my house on the market and I'm not going to buy anything right now. I'm just going to rent. Okay, well, great plan, except you're going to pay more for rent, too. Oh, rent. The rent prices are crazy. So nationwide, this, that's the statistics that I have today. Rental prices are around $1,500 a month. Okay, yeah. that, is a, that is a big mortgage payment. Now, obviously, yeah. that's nationwide price. I think the average around Cincinnati, it's still going to be probably $1,200 or $1,250 mm-hmm. a month, which is huge. It's a large amount of money. And it's a large percentage of the income that most people are making. So it doesn't leave a lot of extra room for saving for the down payment for the home. So that's why 
parents and grandparents who have a little bit more equity have been able to save over the years have been a godsend to young people who are trying to get out there and purchase a property. Yeah, great perspective tonight from Michelle Sloan, a real estate expert. If you are looking to buy, looking to sell anytime soon on the state of the market here in the tri-state, you've been listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Strovac. So what would it take for you to get back out to a gym? Fitness clubs trying to figure that out. That's ahead in 10 minutes you know, sometimes I like to say, we told you so. And we also will admit if we made a mistake, but we told you so. These SPACs, special purpose acquisition companies, we said these are ripe for all kinds of issues, including fraud. And well, now some examples are starting oh, to pop yeah. up. And, and we'll admit to mistakes as soon as I make one. But but yeah, let, let's... <laughs> it let's, hasn't happened yet, but when about, it happens. What can go wrong with these things? SPACs, I mean, we were talking about this like crazy, what, like a month or two ago? Yeah, you know, several that's months a ago. Long t- yeah. A long time ago in our business, I suppose. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, when when you've got uh, big names, Shaquille O'Neal, you know, um, uh, just big names in, in investing or athletics or, you know, in, name yeah, entertainment. And they, and they say, hey, we've got this investment for you. Um, give us lots of money. We don't know what we're going to buy yet, but, oh, it's going to make you a ton. And people were just, they, they were falling all over themselves writing well, checks wrong, for these Steve, things. Because Shaquille O'Neal was a great basketball player. So, you know, if I were to give him $10,000, obviously <laughs> he's going to be a fantastic at investing, too. Like This is a leap, and a lot yeah. of people were willing to make it. And what they would do would be they would buy, they would pay for companies to become public companies, yep. but not through the traditional process. So it was not regulated. Didn't have the, way the disclosure. It, yeah, yes. Exactly. And really, uh, you know, what we were seeing is, you know, so say Shaq was saying, I, and, and I'm not saying that he really did no. this, but, you know, I put, no. you know, a million dollars into this or whatever. So then all these investors put money in. And then part of what happens is they can pay back the people through marketing costs, right, who who went ahead right. and went to bat for them publicly. So all of a sudden, whoever that was, well, they didn't put a million dollars in. And I've heard a story, and I think this is so interesting, from someone in, in private equity who said, we made a boatload yeah. on this. Not the investors. No, we we but meant we, him. Yeah, right? Exactly. The ones who, who brought this back to the public made a ton of money. And I think that's the major issue here. But what we're seeing um, is an example of this. A company called Nicola uh, went public last June. Uh, they merged with Vector IQ. It was formed by a former GM executive. What could go wrong? Well, apparently they promoted this video uh, of this amazing electric truck. It was driving. Turns out it wasn't actually driving, Steve. It was just rolling down a hill yeah, uh, yeah. because of gravity. Uh, totally misleading investors. Now, it sounds like they pulled the old Ernie Kovacs trick. And I, I know that's an old guy reference, but he used to do some funny tricks with, with, with tilted stages where the camera was bolted to the stage and you pour water oh. in a glass and it doesn't go in the glass. They did the same thing. I, I mean, they did the same thing with an electric truck. That apparently couldn't move under its own power, which is a problem if you're trying to sell electric trucks. <laughs> and now, if it, you were an investor, Steve, and you knew that this company couldn't figure out how to make trucks move on their yeah. own, you probably wouldn't invest in the company. Uh, probably, but I, I mean, here's <laughs> here's the problem. I, I mean, this to me, the the whole version, this this whole SPAC thing, 
Um, it reminds me of limited partnerships in, in, in the 80s where, you know, they were getting tax breaks and, you know, people said, okay, how, how much can I deduct off my taxes? How, mu- how much is my tax credit? They didn't even ask, well, what are we investing in? And that's kind of what's going on here. It's a definite trust me type of investment. And, and you know, you, okay, the track record of the guy putting the deal together might be great and all that. Um, but when you look at the details of, of these things, you're writing a check, you don't know what they're going to buy, you get all excited about it. And if you really look at the disclosure, at, at the internal documents that, that you should have the right to see, um, these people make sure that as soon as this thing starts to move forward, they get their money out first. That's that's where you get the, it takes money to make money. The people are, that are in first, that front the money, they get their money back, and a lot of times they wind up with maybe 15-20% ownership of of using house money of what's left over there. So in other words, investors may make money, they may not, but the first people in pretty much guaranteed to make a killing. Investors got loopy during this pandemic, yeah. right? You you got stimulus money, you didn't have as much to spend on, and so maybe you saw those bank accounts getting big and you thought, what else could I do with it? And I think that's why these facts got so popular so fast. So just remember, remember the fundamentals. Invest in what you know. These are called blank check funds. You're writing a blank check and you don't know exactly where it's going to. If that makes you uncomfortable, I'll tell you, it makes me uncomfortable. It's not something I want to be a part of. You know, and also invest in something that generates cash flows. You know, you don't know where this is going to go. Companies are supposed to make money. Uh, bonds pay coupons. Properties can receive rents or mortgage Where's the money payments. come from? Yes, yeah, That's exactly. what you want to know. I'll give you one. Ask how the financial advisor gets paid. That's yes. a question you should ask anytime you write a check to anybody. How much are you making? Where does it come from? That's okay to ask. It makes yes. them uncomfortable. And if it makes them really uncomfortable, you got to wonder why it's making them uncomfortable. You've got your answer. Yeah, exactly. Here's the Simply Money point. Stick to the fundamentals. As an investor, you'll never go wrong there. So have you gone back to the gym? How your Americans' fitness spending may have fundamentally shifted. That's ahead in three minutes. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You are listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Strovac. All right, could your big box gym go the way of Blockbuster? Well, they might. Turns out health industry lobbyists are asking Congress for a pretty big paycheck, $30 billion in relief because... You quit going to the gym during the pandemic. <laughs> Are you talking to me? I quit going? I'm looking How did you at know? you. I'm How looking you at know? you. <laughs> eh, this whole exercise thing is overrated, I think, you know. But no, I'm kidding. Um, it, this is interesting because a lot of things have changed over the pandemic. And one of them is, okay, people were uncomfortable going to the gym. You're, you know, side by side, sweating and breathing all over each other. So people started working out more at home. And gyms are paying the price for it. And, and um, you know, 9,000 health clubs, 22% of the total nationwide, they've closed since the yeah. beginning of the outbreak. These are these are big numbers. I don't know if this is a long-term trend, Amy. I, I mean, it's hard to know. I, I mean, I remember, you know, 20 years ago, everybody was selling their Nordic tracks. You know, it was the big, hot, new thing. And then they got stored mm-hmm. under the basement. And then they came out. You know, now Pelotons are the, the hot, new trend. I wonder where that's going to be at in a year. 
Yeah. Peloton stock, to your point, closed at 116 bucks per share, up 346% from where it was before this pandemic started. Lululemon, right, the athletic wear, they're up 125%. So it's not that people aren't working out. I think they're just working right. out differently. Differently, this yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. This is completely unscientific research done by yours truly at the gym. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I go to a gym where they play, like, easy listening music, so, like, super old school. Um, but the younger people aren't there as yeah, much anymore, right. right? They figured out ways to work out at home, uh, not to interrupt their schedule, get in a car, go to. Uh, there's plenty of people in you know retirement. I love sitting and talking to them at the gym. Yeah. They're great who are you know sitting there solving the world's problems, but don't have to go to work anymore. So I wonder if we're kind of maybe aging out. Uh, you know, of uh, <laughs> it, it'll be interesting to see. But I think that might be kind of part of what's going on here. You know, you figured out you can use YouTube videos or whatever yeah. it is. There, there, there's definitely some changes going on. I, the question I've got is if younger people aren't going, but you're talking about the people you see at the gym, what does that say about why? Well, I don't want to finish that sentence. But, 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 <laughs> totally but, own that. I totally <laughs> own that. <laughs> no, but, yet, you know, it's, it, it's interesting. I never got this whole Peloton thing. I mean, if I want to have somebody yell at me when I'm working out, I'll just, you know, set up the bicycle in the living room and wait till my wife walks in. You there know? you but, go. Yeah. What are you doing putting that in here? But, oh, you could uh, FaceTime me. I'd be happy to help you with your workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's it. But Peloton is something you know. It it requires a subscription. I I mean, this is an ongoing cost. So basically, you're paying a gym membership to work out on your own time in your own house. And what really surprises me, and that this surprises me, but it looks like a trend that may stick. Seventy percent of the people who use the online fitness programs and sign up for these subscriptions, they stick with them long term. So it's that's convenience, right? I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I think we went from uh, you have to get up at five o'clock in the morning and get to the gym and right. work out before work, or By you, you, get your you whole... mean somebody else, not me. <laughs> Someone was doing yeah. this, right? Yeah. Or you go to work all day and then you stop on your way home and spend an hour at the gym. And and yeah. I think a lot of people realize, wait a second, I can do this at home. I can be yep. just as effective, feel just as good about myself. And I do wonder long term what could happen with the local gym. I can tell you mine. When it rains, there are buckets out. Among Amongst the workout equipment because the roof is leaking. And I feel like that's probably not the best sign. So we'll certainly keep an eye on this one. You've been listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.